I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. We are best friends and dietitians. We have a goal of challenging nutrition misinformation and fitness trends with an evidence-based approach. Each episode, we will dish up our thoughts about the latest facts on a popular health-related topic. We're the Upbeat Dietitians. Hello, everyone. We are joined by a very special guest. Daniel Bublitz is a registered dietitian nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor. She specializes in working with people with diabetes and binge eating in a health at every size aligned lens. Danielle is passionate about guiding her clients with diabetes toward feeling more at peace with their food decisions, their blood sugar management, as well as making peace with their bodies. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy. Enjoy. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Danielle, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yes, we are so, so glad you you are here. Um, We always like to have our guests start by giving us a breakdown of a day in the life, what you do for work, education, hobbies, all that fun, juicy stuff. So talk us through it. Yeah, so... Um, I currently live in Southern California. I'm a registered dietitian. Um, I went to school. I did my undergrad at Chico State in Northern California. And then I did my master's and my dietetic internship at Cal State Northridge. Um, I worked for quite a few years as a clinical dietitian. And um, I did a little bit of private practice on an eating disorder focused practice. And as of like November this past year, I started my own business, which is Food Freedom Diabetes. This is very exciting because I just have, you know, I'm somebody that's been living with type one diabetes for 16 years now. And I could see how problematic and how much diet culture has like infiltrated the diabetes realm. And so it's been my passion to help people. And I've been doing that since November. Um, and I would say some of the things I like to do for fun at this point in my life, I love hiking. I have a really cute Australian shepherd. We go to the park. She's like my bud. So we just go do stuff in nature, which is great. And, uh, when I'm at home, I, you know, I'm watching all the the Disney stuff. I'm watching star Wars. So it's kind of like love that stuff too. So relaxing and then being outdoors are like my jam. Sounds like you, Emily. I know. I was going to say, I feel like we're best friends. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <yes. laughs> I so, love this. And we were already friends before. We were yeah, TikTok friends. Now it's official. That's official. We're officially best friends. Yes. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I took over. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. You can be the new co-host, I yeah. guess. <laughs> You're now the official <laughs> third co-host. Perfect. I am so excited to have you on here. I feel like I just see so much about diabetes online and every time I'm like, no. And then I'm like, I must refer. (laughs) And I always think of, I think I've tagged you in a couple of things Mm -hmm. on TikTok, definitely, but people, it's wild. The fad diets and like diet culture-esque recommendations I've seen with diabetes. I'm like, Oh my gosh. It's yeah. It's problematic for sure. <laughs> oh, and yeah. you, you would not realize it either. You know, it's like 
I think I honestly didn't see how bad it was until I had like pursued my own journey with like intuitive eating and working on, you know, recovering from binge eating. It's like, I just didn't see how problematic it was until I was on the outside looking in like, oh, this is a dumpster fire. (laughs) That's the perfect descriptor. Yeah. 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 Well, this is our first time on the show talking about diabetes. So would you please do us the honor of kind of walking us through like what diabetes is, the different types, what causes it, how's it diagnosed, all of that kind of big picture stuff. Yeah. So with diabetes, either you are somebody whose pancreas no longer produces insulin. And so for somebody with like a normal functioning pancreas, your body, you eat the food, the carbs, they break down into glucose and your body produces insulin, a hormone that's going to bring the blood sugar into the cells for energy. When you have diabetes, either the first one, your pancreas is no longer making insulin. Therefore that blood sugar is just staying in the bloodstream. Um, or your insulin is not being used efficiently. So that can be more of like an insulin resistance. So there's kind of like those two, but um, there's actually quite a few types of diabetes that aren't talked about enough. So I kind of want to give a little spiel on that as well. Um, So type one, that's insulin, insulin dependent. So you need to take insulin injections or have a pump. Uh, Type two, you struggle with insulin resistance. So usually treatment for that is taking medication that can be helpful to make the insulin go into the cells easier. There's also type three C diabetes. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of that, but like tiny bit. Okay. So a lot of times if somebody goes through like pancreatitis, really long period of time, or has like their pancreas removed, they may end up developing type three C and they have to take like pancreatic enzymes and insulin. So that's, that's another form of diabetes. Another one is called MODI, which is a genetic mutation. And with MODI, what's interesting is, uh, you know, your body's still producing insulin, but not a lot. And sometimes they have to be on like multiple treatments. So that's an additional one. And then there's also Leda or type one and a half, which I feel like I learned about in school a little bit, but that is like, um, like an onset that happens later on in life. Like you could be diagnosed in like your thirties and it kind of seems like type two, but over time the person will need to take insulin. Like it's a, for sure, you're going to need to take insulin later on, but it's a very slow progression of diabetes. So I think it's important to recognize that there's more than two types of diabetes. And as you can see, there's all these different things happening in the body that make it complex. Um, And to give you a general idea of like, how people get diagnosed. Um, When you get your blood work done, a hemoglobin A1C test, which essentially it's just like a three month average of where your blood sugars have been at. If that is greater than 6.5, that is in the diabetes range. If it's below that, you know, you could be in a range where it's maybe like pre-diabetic, 
but typically above 6.5, that signals that something's going on in the body and you probably do have diabetes and need to like find a treatment. Thank you for sharing all the different types. I, I'm sure you know more than I do that people always assume it's just the two. And I think they even kind of maybe don't even know there's two different types of kind of just like generally say, oh, you've got diabetes. And they kind of just make general claims about it when there is so many types, so many causes, it's way more than just the two types. So thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. And I think too, like, there's a lot of stigma behind diabetes in general and so much like misunderstanding where people assume like, oh, did you get the good type or the bad type of diabetes? Like, did yes. you get the kind that you should have controlled? And I, I hate that question so much. <laughs> makes me so angry. Uh, well, it's, yeah. I'm sure your clients love having you as someone who goes through this by your, like on your own, you experience it. I'm sure they totally appreciate having someone who is kind of in their shoes in some certain ways. I think like we had, Jamie on a bariatric dietitian, and she was discussing yeah. how her clients like totally resonate with her too, because she's had the surgery. And so it's mm-hmm. just, everyone's on the same page. So I'm sure that your clients just totally love being heard in that way. Yeah. It, you know, it's kind of feels like an instant connection in its own way. Cause it's like, we both have this experience. I think a lot of, um, people in like eating disorder recovery, when they work with, you know, a team that has also experienced, there's like this connection of like, okay, you, you understand it on a different level. Not that someone that doesn't have diabetes can't be an excellent dietitian for them. But I think that level of like, (laughs) I literally also struggled with that yesterday. I think that break, like it brings this connection. Yeah. I think that we kind of talked about a little bit, but let's talk about what causes diabetes. Cause this, I feel like gets a lot, diabetes gets a lot of, um, a lot of stigma around it. And most oftentimes I see online, it's like you ate too much sugar or I'll see people make jokes about like, that's going to give me diabetes. So what actually causes diabetes? Mm, not sugar not if sugar caused diabetes we would all have diabetes yes we would all have it that's it's diabetes again like just even breaking down like either not producing insulin or having insulin resistance it's like that's what's going on in the body it's not related to the sugar part of it so the different things that can actually cause diabetes genetics is a huge component if you have somebody in your family that has diabetes there is a high likelihood that you could, you could get it later on in life or, you know, depending on the type, like you could have, have type one diagnosed at a young age. So it could depend, but that genetic component is very strong. So genetics, um, family history, for sure, ethnicity, race, um, comorbidities, like people that have PCOS tend to be um, insulin resistant. And that can build up and they could potentially get type two. It's not their fault. It's just, you know, something that happens in the body. And same with um, like hormonal diseases, like hypothyroidism, um, cystic fibrosis, um, medications, like people that have to take long-term steroids, they get steroid-induced diabetes also not their fault. Do you see this pattern of all these things that are 
truly out of someone's control um, and not related to the food you're eating. Yes. Yes. I feel like we already debunked the big myth of like sugar does not cause diabetes, not how it works, but let's go into a few other myths. I feel like there are so, so many. So Mm -hmm. I guess with the whole sugar thing, kind of part two, a big myth is that those who have diabetes should avoid carbs in general, including sugar. Please debunk that for us. (laughs) Oh yeah. I think so. TikTok is a very like still very new like realm for me and I I love some of the feedback I get from people people get so salty um yeah so people with diabetes when you're I like in general people need carbohydrates carbs are our brain's primary fuel source I know that you guys know this this is probably like your anthem but like when we're not getting that primary fuel source. And we rely on things like the keto diet or like super low carbs, you know, that's not going to give us the energy our brains need. And then if you have diabetes that could cause your blood sugar to drop. And then, you know, when you're feeling, when you're feeling like you have a low blood sugar, you also feel very hungry. And so it's kind of setting you up for this binge binge cycle where it's like, I need to get something right now well, now that my blood sugar is low, I'm going to grab a ton of one specific food. So it's kind of sending you in this like roller coaster versus if you were to allow yourself to have carbs, you could fuel your brain properly. You could make sure your blood sugars can stay stable and you're going to reduce those binge episodes. So not a fan of no carb in the diet. It doesn't work. Do you ever get those comments when you say that it's like, oh, so you're saying I should only eat bananas then or only eat rice. It's all I should ever eat. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're like, how could uh, you say something like this? Are you trying to like put me in the hospital? And it's yes. like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, like definitely not. It's like, this is just, we've turned this kind of diet into something that is not, it's not beneficial, but I think a lot of people with diabetes cling to it as safety. It feels safe. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we can't fault them for like feeling, especially if they've never worked with a dietitian or if they don't have like any concrete, like past, like nutrition knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's something that like will potentially help them not fluctuate as much or even maybe it does cause fluctuations and they're used to it yeah be something go do I think something with like low carbon keto that gives a lot of people with diabetes this like safety feeling is that you know you don't have to carb count much you know numbers aren't involved it's pretty predictable like what could happen Whereas when you kind of step into, okay, I'm going to try adding, you know, some, some bread on my plate. I'm going to try having a bowl of cereal that seems risky to somebody with diabetes, because again, our bodies are not utilizing the pancreas the way we want to, the way a normal person would. And it doesn't mean that it's impossible to have those foods. It just means that it's going to take different tools in your toolbox to figure out how to make it work for you. Yeah. It's just a different approach to eating those foods and someone who doesn't have to worry about that piece of it. 
Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is weight loss. I'm excited to debunk this with you. I think the big myth, kind of our third and final myth on our little list of myths here is that weight loss cures type two diabetes. What are your thoughts on that one? (laughs) Yeah. So I actually wanted to send you guys a link afterwards from Reagan Chastain. Um, she is a researcher and she has a really great article just about like weight loss surgery and weight loss with type two diabetes. And again, I think how it's promoted is like, you could reverse your diabetes, but here's the thing. Um, you can't reverse diabetes, no matter what type you could go into remission, which means that your A1C would go below that. 6.5 level without medications. That means your body did that on its own. That might work for some people. It's not everyone's journey or experience with diabetes. And, you know, when it comes to weight loss as the goal for diabetes management, it just sets you up to really form disordered behaviors around food. Um, it leads to weight cycling, which also puts a lot of stress on the body, also can elevate your blood sugars. Um, and with like weight loss surgeries in specific, um, the research is really biased because they're saying like, oh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna help reverse your diabetes by amputating your stomach. It's like, well, that has its own risks that has, you know, risk for malnutrition and, you know, the nutrient deficiencies it doesn't guarantee that your blood sugars are going to be perfect. It just, at first, you're going to have to adjust to this new life of very small meals. So sorry if I just blabbed all that, but um, it's just not sustainable. And I always try to shift people, like the clients I work with, I try to shift their focus to health promoting behaviors. Like what are things that we can work on that are going to be healthy for you because weight's not a behavior. Yes, exactly that. I'm just, I want to like put weight is not a behavior in a big, bold box yeah. all over the internet. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is, there's such a focus on weight loss, especially with type two diabetes. I think it goes like both ways where people think mm-hmm. weight gain is like the main cause of type two. And then also weight loss is the way to get you back. Yeah. And people in like all size bodies get type two diabetes. It really, you know, uh, I, there was another study I was reading a while ago that it was just kind of fascinating that, um, a lot of people that are in like smaller bodies don't get diagnosed in time usually because the doctor doesn't assume that they might need that type of test. Like everyone should have their A1C checked. I think everyone yearly, if you're already going to be like taking my blood and checking for other things, you should throw the A1C on there. So it's like doctors will prescribe weight loss for someone with type two in a larger body, but with someone in a thinner body with type two, they get medications. So why don't we treat them the same and give the person in the larger body medications, you know? That is such a good point. Yes. I hadn't even put that together. Like those in smaller bodies who have type two 
getting totally different treatment than those in larger bodies. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, again, I, I do feel like, unfortunately, the stigma is there and I don't think it helps that I, you know, people make the comments of like, oh no, I ate my way to diabetes or I had a, you know, they, they're holding like a bag of candy, like eating my diabetes today. It's like, I literally heard someone say that today. They were eating a cupcake. They're like, oh, I can't wait to get the diabetes from this. I'm like, good one. That's so funny. I'm like looking at my insulin pump, like, okay, cool. <sighs> so happy for you. Oh, that's maddening. Maddening. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. I think the solution sounds like, and maybe not the solution. I think every single person's approach is going to be so different, of course, but I think what is of course, very helpful can be intuitive eating, finding food freedom, all of those things. So kind of walk us through, how is it possible then to find food freedom if you do have diabetes? Yeah. So typically I always recommend like the starting point isn't to like full on jump into intuitive eating, because I think that there's a lot to work on. There's the beliefs you have around food. There's the beliefs you have around, around like diabetes, um, around your worth. Something I see so often with my clients, like across the board is that there's so much shame. Like some of them haven't even told some of their family members they have it. Some people don't bring it up that they have it at work. You know, it's like, people don't want to talk about this, but that also kind of hinders the care that they can get. It's like, they're scared to make appointments. They're scared to do things. So I try to really focus and help them to feel more empowered by explaining actual causes of diabetes, actual treatments, tools that we can use. And from that point, as they're getting this understanding, we start moving into what are their meal patterns look like? Can we eat consistently? Which you know, people demonize snacks, but snacks are amazing for stable blood sugars. Like they're the best. Awesome. Um, so focusing in that way, as you move into intuitive eating, really building a foundation and moving up so that the person feels confident, can reduce that shame and can find tools for blood sugar management. That is such a good way to go about it. Mm -hmm. I'm I do not specialize in diabetes at all, but I feel like everything you're doing is the best way to go about oh, it. Thank you. Because that's like so true that no, like people should know if someone has diabetes in case something happens. Like my diabetic friends, I like know to have things on hand yeah. in case something happens. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're at work or like you're not able to snack and like something happens you need to have the people around you supporting you but there is so much of that stigma around diabetes that is can make it so challenging for people to want to reach out for help but yeah there needs to be more education on the causes because I feel like that's like one of the biggest things where people just think people are like oh you ate you eat really poorly that is why you got diabetes yeah and then, exactly no, they don't, they don't feel safe. Like, again, it's like, you don't feel safe to like tell people what's going on because it's like, you feel like you're going to get judged or they're going to ask you, what are you eating? Why are you doing that? You should try keto. 
Yeah. I think I actually heard that one of my friends was telling me about how they were eating like a cupcake and someone was like, should you be eating that? You're a diabetic. And they've had diabetes their entire life. And they're like, um, I think I know what I'm doing at this point. <laughs> like, did you guys, to go back to TikTok trends, did you guys <laughs> see that one duet of that guy? I don't even know what his name is, but he's like, he's like gets all his information from like Facebook, but he like grabbed a chocolate bar and was like, if you have diabetes, you shouldn't, I don't know why I'm making him sound like a grandma, <laughs> but it's like, you shouldn't eat this. And then it was like this train of like people with diabetes eating oh. chocolate. It was I did my not favorite s- thing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> We're fighting back slowly, but surely we are fighting back. Okay. Good. Fighting the good fight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that was such, I'm sure that was the best space for anyone who's like, has diabetes or like, and they're like, oh my gosh, look at all these people also like, but they're eating chocolate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause again, it's like, we keep promoting this message that certain foods are not allowed for people with diabetes and that you should have lost weight or you could have prevented it. Or, you know, it's like the, all the different reasons that don't validate your actual experience and what happened to you. So yeah, I, I'm really happy to see that, like, at least recently the diabetes community has been a lot more like fighting back for some of this nonsense. Good. We need more of that energy online. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's <sighs> yes. tough out there. <laughs> tough, tough for dietitians for sure. Um, yeah, people are very strange, and people also <laughs> tend to take anything you say. It's like I think what Hannah was saying. It's like you could come out there and say, like, I really enjoyed this bagel today, and you'll get like ten comments that like, Are you saying? And it's like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm just eating a bagel. Literally, yeah. the bagel specifically is so triggering to people on TikTok. <laughs> if you eat a bagel yeah. as a dietitian, people lose their minds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> it's delicious too. Like, why are we hating on this delicious right. carb? Come on, beats me. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. well, since we know maybe what shouldn't be happening in healthcare, which I think is happening currently a lot. I'm, I know there's, are plenty, there's plenty of really great providers out there, including dietitians who are on the same page as you. But I guess the question is like, what should the standard be for providers, especially I think like medical providers mm. for working with those who have diabetes? Like what, what kind of care should they be providing? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, I, the things that really pop out to me is again, treat each person with diabetes the same, regardless of their body size. I think most doctors, nurse practitioners, PAs, I feel like they should be checking in on an eating disorder history before they start blabbing about a diet, because you know, they will, you know, they will. Um, I think the eating disorder screening is important. Same treatments. Um, Honestly, referring out to a dietitian, like maybe just like cutting the nutrition talk and just referring out. And I know there's some dietitians that can be problematic, but I'm hoping that it's a better chance of them learning versus what they might hear in the doctor's office. 
pests. I feel like there are in most places, so many dietitians available and mm-hmm. not only do patients not know that, but I feel like doctors, maybe they do or don't, I don't know. I can't speak for them, obviously, but they got to know that they are there and they can refer to them. So I don't know why they automatically just tell their patient who has diabetes to start doing keto or whatever it is to lose weight, whatever. It's like, refer them out to diabetes ed or a dietitian. Yeah. Someone who we went to school for it. Up. We went to school for a long time. Yes. We didn't have paid internships. Did you have a paid internship? I, didn't. <laughs> I paid a lot of money oh, that's to question. go to school. Yeah, yeah. same. I do my internship. I wanted yeah. to ask first because I know there's oh, no, some yeah, that yeah. do pay. No, no, no. Broke. I paid in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ate a lot of um, crock pot meals that year. Yeah, I got married two days before I started my internship and we were just <laughs> eating chili the next week. Like, this is great. I love this. <laughs> That's funny because I actually got married in the middle of mine as well. And it was, I don't oh know why God. we did that. It was very lovely, yeah. but tough times. It's a lot of adrenaline, right? Like yeah. in, the, in that moment, you're like, I could do anything. And then you finish your internship. You're like, I need to hibernate yeah. for a while. <laughs> Still recovering. Still recovering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something that just popped into my head too, when you're talking about, you know, referring to like diabetes educators and things like that, um, like with, with doctors too, like in medical school, they usually get around like 24 to 48 hours of nutrition education. And I went to a, a nutrition conference through Aspen, the nutrition support about four years ago and there was a doctor doing a whole study on it how we need to integrate more nutrition education for doctors so anytime you see a diet book at target barnes and noble with a doctor on it i just want you to be aware that a lot of it is their opinion mark hyman (laughs) mark hyman (laughs) yeah not a fan of him 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 specifically <laughs> and others, but yeah, just want to throw that out there. Yes. Yeah. We discussed that frequently. I think it was episode two of this podcast was okay. us talking about how Starting off hot. the scope of practice is just, just like yelling, kind just of yelling. Yeah. <laughs> A year ago, we were like, let's just go for everything yeah. that is, we're a bit on hinge. Never look back. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. No, I think it's great. And, you know, I think dietetics is, it's an interesting place to be. And I feel like lots of, you know, when I was in school, I, I feel like I didn't get a lot of education on eating disorders. I Mm -hmm. got a lot of weight centric education. And so I feel like I'm also in this process of unlearning and finding ways that are supportive of patients, you know? Yes. I talk about that all the yeah. time because same Emily and I always yeah. talk about this, how like we were going to cure obesity and save the world and yeah. make everyone lose weight. And now we're yeah. like, what? No, yeah, we're like, that's <laughs> yeah. not that's, it. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen, um, maintenance phase or have you seen, have you listened to maintenance no. phase? I really need to. Everyone this has been brought up so them. many times. We need to listen <laughs> to it, Emily. We need I to. It's so great. Yeah, there's some really, really great ones. I personally love the the Weight Watchers epi- episode Ooh. podcast. Yeah, yeah, Ep- episode, yeah. episode. Yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know your podcast I'm lingo. Like, Bussin, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do they say now? I think what do these children good. say? Bussin's okay. still around. Bussin's good. Bussin's <laughs> <Okay>. good. 
is why I don't dance in any of my TikToks because I'm like, this is, this is a step too far for me. No, I can't. I, uh, I, I've tried and I just delete it. I like, I can't watch myself do it. <laughs> I tried one of the transitions recently and I just deleted it this morning. I'm like, that's embarrassing. <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Emily, you're good at the transitions. You're a lot better I've, at those than I've got to be good at those. That is dancing. No transitions. transitions. I, I feel like you're pretty good. That's it takes amazing. me a little bit longer, but I want to get good at those. Cause when people are really good at them, I'm like, Oh my so gosh. Cool. Yeah. I wish. Yes. Yeah. Get those views. <laughs> Get those like buttons. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I totally like derailed like what we're talking about. That's, that's, that's very literally every episode. So yeah. Like, <laughs> we will normally have a 15 minute segment that has nothing to do with the topic. Yeah. So. Right. do not worry where my brain is at you brought up uh mark hyman and i just went off because <laughs> you trigger work. all bets are off after discussing all bets that. are off yeah. you know that guy but yeah so that's my those are my thoughts on um, those are her thoughts. doctors and nutrition education oh yeah well i think well, that covers the gist of it um to kind of wrap up we like to ha- always have our guests we always kind of joke, like if our listeners were to jump to this part of the podcast and they were only hearing this part, what would you kind of say to sum it all up? Um, okay. So I would say, how do I summarize this? I know it's, okay. it's tough. <laughs> I would say that diabetes can affect someone in any size body and that it's not your fault if you get diagnosed with it. And there's ways of managing your blood sugars that don't have to do with restriction. It's very possible to have a peaceful relationship with food, with diabetes, and know that it's complicated having diabetes. It's just a fact. Yep. That's yeah. it. Yep. The end. The end. <laughs> and that's all they need to hear. Yep. <laughs> if you guys just tuned in, welcome. That's all there you need we to go. know. Thanks Boom. for skipping to the end. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> cool so now the fun part of not that this has not this is a blast this is a great time (laughs) me too me too but now for the unhinged part (laughs) of our episode not really unhinged okay but you can be unhinged if you'd like (laughs) (laughs) i know i didn't have any like cussing come out i mean i got pretty close oh i've got another rant but later later i'll tell you later are you gonna remember it I'll remember it. Okay. <laughs> I'll remember it. I'm going to write it down. Go Don't on. Don't you dare question her memory, Emily. <laughs> Sorry. I just want to make sure. I feel like we could talk a lot about this bonus question. So I don't want you to forget if it's actually okay. relevant. It's on my paper. To- it's on my paper. Okay. okay. You. So now everyone's going to have to listen to the bonus question to hear what your other rant is. <laughs> so it's actually a good strategy. We should always do this. But wait, there's more after yeah. the bonus question. <laughs> after that. Yep. Yes. Okay. So our bonus question, we always like to have this at the end of our episodes, where it's just a time to kind of share your opinions and we don't really debate. We just kind of share what we think. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. riveting. <laughs> very exciting. Love so it. our question today is what is the best movie theater snack? And we always let our guests go first. So I did think about this a lot, you know, (laughs) it's a very tough, very tough question. 
my mind wants to say popcorn, but my heart says those cookie dough bites that you would get. Do you remember those? Yes. I feel like that's the one. I forgot what they're called, but those. Those are so good. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think they might be called cookie dough bites. I think that's oh, okay. what they're called. Yeah, <laughs> cookie, just cookie dough. They're bites. very yeah, well those. named. Yeah, <laughs> straight to the point. Good marketing, marketing did great. Bites. Yeah, <laughs> they need to raise in the marketing department over there. Yeah, well, they're so good. They're so good. Emily, you go ahead. You go ahead. I'll, I want to hear your answer first. So mine. I feel like I'm making my own question because there are no rules in the bonus question world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm going to do a combo because this is what reminds me of childhood and going to the movies. My answer is popcorn with an disgusting like amount of butter on it. Like enough or like, it's not like, it's not like it's unhealthy. It's like, why would anyone put that much on it? It's like, it's like, are you good? Popcorn with it is soggy. Butter. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not okay. <laughs> but like insane amount of butter with a blue raspberry slushie. Ooh, the slushies. Oh, that what is about my... the slushies. Grandma slushies too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That that's a, a really good, good one. I don't know if you'd call that a snack. My snack yeah. combo. It's like refreshing because you have the kind of salty and then you have the sweet and it's icy. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great combo. Well, I was going to say a combo too, because gosh, dang it. I can. I'm a big fan of the sweet (laughs) and savory. Unhinged. (laughs) The unhinged podcast. Um, Yeah. Sweet and savory is kind of my jam for like any kind of snack. So definitely popcorn is like my savory. And I also do love, I love the butter a lot. I don't know. We'll have to like go to the movies, Emily, and see. I'm like nervous about your level and I'm kind of just wondering if it's actually like a crazy amount or you're just being dramatic. We'll have to go for sure and see. Be both. It could be both. I don't ever know with you. Um, Because I also love butter, but I wouldn't describe it as disgusting. But maybe our, maybe our like, what's the word? Never mind. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Threshold? Threshold. Thank you. Yes. Mind reader. Yes. Perfect. Um, the threshold could be different for the two of us, but anyway, popcorn for sure. Lots of butter, very salty. And then something sweet, which I forgot about slushies. I didn't really have a sweet component, but I like to have like either a slushie or maybe like a diet soda. Cause I love a good diet Coke. Mm-hmm. If they have like the machines of all the different ones, I'll do like, oh, maybe yeah. like a ginger lime Coke or like a cherry Coke, something like that. Ooh, yeah. Um, and yeah. then maybe if I want like some candy, I might do something chocolatey, like, um, what are the ones that get stuck in your teeth? Milk duds. Some milk, milk duds. duds. Yeah. You don't like those, Emily? Good. Oh my gosh. Well, why? Because they get stuck in your teeth. That's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> Danielle, if her hands get dirty or if her teeth get dirty, she doesn't like it. She's out. Okay. out. Yeah. Okay. I should have known you wouldn't like Understood. Understood. Yeah. Okay. There's got to be some reason for that. <laughs> you, you use a spoon for your soup popcorn. I feel like you would not like you getting your hands dirty with your popcorn. No, I hold it and I like stick out my oh tongue. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what? We're not going to the movies together. I take it back. I just uninvited myself. I'm not doing that with you. We can sit separately. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. You could sit in different rows, you know, that's good. But I sit in front of me. Emily where I can't has see. to sit in front of, no, maybe she has to sit behind you. Behind. So I can't see take you. Yeah. You don't want that in your vision, but she can be behind you. Yeah. It's true friendship. 
<laughs> yeah. I kind of love that though. Um, I had the not I sitting say, together yeah. or how we eat it or the combination. Um, how, maybe all of it. <laughs> the whole situation uh, is just. Yeah. I mean, I do the icy part. I totally forgot. Yes. That's like a thing. That's a great answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm saying Bob's Burgers, the movie tomorrow. That exists. They have a movie? <laughs> yes, they do. I'm going with my friend, and maybe I need to get a soup popcorn. That's just what I'm going to call it soup popcorn. And I'll just think of Emily and just like, no. Nope. <laughs> just lizard I'm it. eating popcorn, you know, I'm, that's how I'm eating it. I am not like sticking my Yoshi. Hands Yoshi but, style. Yoshi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes it not shareable. I will not. I will not. Uh, I, think I can't share. Maybe that's I your intention. Not share it. I'm not upset about it. You don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you do. Well, this is amazing. I just forgot that yeah. not everyone can see us. If you're not watching this and you're just listening, we are Yoshi-ing right now. <laughs> I forgot we're doing a podcast, not like a, yeah. an audio or visual thing. Yeah. This is a, a small rant about the prices of food recently this is not related but did you guys ever have it at movie theaters where you could get unlimited refills of slushies yeah don't they always do that and like popcorn is that still a thing i haven't gone to a movie since covid i've never i like figured it wasn't a thing just because i don't think everything's expensive Mm-hmm. but I remember I was a kid I used to finish an entire slushie before the movie started yeah <laughs> <I'd go laughs> or you're just like what freezing cold bathroom? yeah I don't know I was I had a bladder of steel I guess like when I was a kid. shaking in the corner with their popcorn <laughs> like in someone's peripheral they're like someone's like violently shaking near me <laughs> And likes to bring a blanket to the movie because she just gets so wow. cold. Wow. I haven't had that experience, but I'm not saying it sounds like a bad one. No. No. As a kid, it's the dream being able to just like chug a slushie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. That and pixie sticks. Yes. Pixie yes. sticks were life. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they had those at the movie theater ever, but that was like one of my favorites. So they'd probably yeah. be hard to clean up if they ever got spilled. Just like little dust That's things true. everywhere, sticky. Ugh. Yeah, it's a good point. Mm-hmm. Like from okay. a business standpoint, would Fair. be very wise. <laughs> it wouldn't be the best choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What was your thing that we? I already like almost. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, do I have time? Do I have time? I yes. can make it quick. This is our podcast. Um, we make the rules. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um. So you see this thing that I'm wearing? CGM continuous glucose monitor. Um, I keep getting ads on Facebook, um, for this company called NutriSense and they are a weight loss company that is marketing CGMs for people without diabetes for the purpose of weight loss. And it drives me bonkers. Like, I feel like it's one of the most annoying things to have happened because first of all, a lot of people with diabetes can't get a prescription to cover getting one of those. And this is like life-changing for me. Like I, I can look at my readings 24 hours a day. Not that I'm even awake, but you know what I mean? Like it's there. And so I saw a video on TikTok yesterday where I get all my juicy, juicy feeds that make me upset. Um, 
and this guy was like doing a diet or whatever. And he was showing how his blood sugar spiked after a meal. And I just think this is another factor that's going to be coming in where people have stigma around diabetes and blood sugars. So that's kind of part of my rant or that's, that's my rant is like, why are we doing CGMs for people without diabetes when there's people with that can't afford it? Yes. I've seen those too. I've seen those too, those ads for those. And I'm like, of course your blood sugar is going to spike when you eat. Like that's just how bodies work. I know your body's doing its thing. So it was just a huge annoyance for me to see that the other day. I was like, really, we're doing this now. Like, come on. Like we already had keto, (laughs) keto going Dr. Hyman's like uh, blood sugar detox book, like Dr. Bernstein. Like we have so many different pieces of garbage and now we have another one. So that's my rant. Um, very valid rant. That's so, oh, yeah, you know, it's just so dumb, especially it's from like dumb. the accessibility standpoint mm-hmm. of like, this is like helping keep you alive. And yeah. then there are people that like, don't need it, but mm-hmm. for weight loss, they need to track their blood sugar all the time. It's okay. definitely creating food fears, you know, cause it's yeah. like, if they notice their blood sugar, God forbid oh spikes gosh. up to like, 110 you know like then they have to cut out whatever food they were eating so it's an interesting one another Mm -hmm. diet culture fad I know super great now we we can prep mentally prep (laughs) mentally prep so yeah if you have any clients that come to you and ask you about this you heard it first people with diabetes don't like that don't like it so refer to this podcast stop it (laughs) eat in peace and let us have our cgms because they're excessive yes yeah ugh major ugh we always like to end our episodes with giving you the space to promote whatever you want whether it's links social medias something cool you like whatever it is <laughs> okay <laughs> you okay. can promote it right here it's the, okay. the floor is yours <laughs> love that um so if anyone wants to follow me for more like topics around diabetes and blood sugar management without restriction um i'm at food freedom diabetes on instagram and tiktok those are like my two main areas and um i also have a group that's launching mid-July. So if that's something that um, someone's looking to try, you know, to be able to learn how they can balance their blood sugars, um, you can click the link in my bio, both on TikTok and Instagram. That will be perfect timing. This episode comes out early July, I think. So that'll be yay. Okay. Okay. Love it. And I'll send you guys some links to like, um, the Reagan Chastain link about weight loss surgery and diabetes and just some other info that I think is really cool. Absolutely. We'll be in the description for you guys. Yep. (laughs) We have this other running joke, Danielle, where somehow I guess I can just do it, Emily, but Emily always gets caught doing the outro and we also struggle with that for whatever reason we've been doing this for like what 50 some episodes now and we like cannot do an intro or an outro it's just a whole thing. <laughs> I know. 
I, I can understand that. It's so tough for some reason. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. Thank you, Danielle, so much for coming on here. I'm sure we will have you back because there's so much about diabetes. So it'll be good to chat about it again. If you have any questions or want or have diabetes and you want to work on your relationship with food and don't really know how to manage it, definitely go check out all the links we are going to attach to the bio. But yeah, we will (laughs) see you guys next week. Otherwise, have a great rest of your day. Yes. Thank you again, Danielle, so, so much. We will see you guys next week. All right. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of The Upbeat Dietitians with your host, Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at The Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.